Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul and my co-host Justin Baker and I continue our top 10 best players from every franchise across the National Hockey League. We've got three teams left and today is the infamous Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm, I'm excited for this list. I don't know about you, Justin, but this is a, a very different list than a lot of teams because they really haven't done very much in the history of their team. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you really think about it. You look at the franchise. They've only had a few marquee players, right? And they've, they've pretty much, throughout their entire history, since the early 2000s, they've been known as a team that really doesn't score a lot of goals, right? So, you know, they don't have a lot of guys in their history that have been big point producers, yeah, and they have only won one playoff round, and it was last year. And they lost in the second round pretty handedly. So it's, uh, yeah, there's there's not yeah. a whole lot to, like, you can't look at playoff stats and go, oh, well, you know, this, this particular guy deserves to be on the list because of his incredible playoff runs. Uh, I mean, you, you only have two players that are – that have more than or three players that have more than 15 points in the playoffs. There just has not been very many guys with playoff games. Uh, There are five players with 27 playoff games. And that is those five guys are the franchise leaders in playoff games. So, yeah, I, uh, I still remember the first time they ever made the playoffs, right? It was such a big deal. And then they got absolutely, stomped by the Detroit Red Wings. It was yes. an embarrassment. <laughs> they, they got swept, right? Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they went to overtime one game. Yeah, it was yeah. not pretty, though. And that That's was, for sure. That was about the best that they, that they did. Okay, well, with that said, I'll just, I'll just say this now. Nobody just missed my list uh, because I struggled to put 10 players on my list. <laughs> so uh, I, don't, I don't have anybody beyond that. So I'm going to throw it to you. If you have anybody that just missed your list, uh, please yeah, let I, us know. I do have one player actually, and maybe it's my love for this position, but Steve Mason is on my just missed. Okay. All right. Yeah. Won the Calder trophy in, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I guess in some sense you could say that he, he just something in my list because he's number 10 on my list. <laughs> so he, he just made my list. As opposed to just missing it, uh, it's beautiful. And to be honest, like he he makes it. He's the only he's the only player to win a Calder Trophy for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he's really one of very few players who have actually won a trophy for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to point out. There's not too many, uh, not too much hardware in the in the cabinets there at uh, in hey, Columbus. You've got Vesna Trophy and. Maurice Rocket Richard trophy, and that is it. In terms and that of, one was shared. <laughs> yes, that one was shared with two other people. <laughs> uh, okay, well, well with, uh, obviously, I've, I've said my number 10. I mean, just, just to toss out some, some uh, Steve Mason statistics while we're on him. Uh, he didn't really, like, he's probably the least winningest goaltender to appear on any of our lists so far. Uh, he did play in 232 games for this team. Uh, he only won 96 of them. And, uh, yeah, he, but he won a Calder Trophy. So he was this, he's the second most winningest goaltender in Columbus Blue Jackets history. I think there's a chance that 
you know, if Corpusalo stays as their goaltender for a little bit, that he could surpass those two guys, but uh, or the two guys ahead of him, Mark Denis and Steve Mason. But uh, yeah, not not a whole lot of pickings in terms of good goaltenders. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's Steve Mason, and your number ten. All right, my number ten. A uh, guy sitting fifth all-time in franchise points, and that's R.J. Umberger. Uh, you know, a lot of people might know him a little bit better for his Philadelphia days, but uh, this guy was just a beast in terms of a power forward type center. He was large and in charge for sure, and uh, you know, always went hard to the net. And you know, even though he ended up finishing out his career as a Flyer, he did have uh, some okay seasons as a Columbus Blue Jacket, ended up playing the the most of six seasons there never really topping more than 57 points. But again, he wasn't, he wasn't like your number one guy, but he was more of a, like a number two, three center that just did his job very well. And he was good at both ends of the ice. Yeah. He scored 20 plus goals four years in a row for the blue jackets. So, uh, that's, yeah, I, it's, it's worth taking into account too. Uh, yeah, I, I will say though, I mean, right. You, you talk about the goals he scored and you look at the assist and, to be quite honest, even putting up 30 assists on a team at, at a time when literally they had no one to pass to was kind of impressive, actually. Yeah, Rick Nash had left. And, uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, Umberger in 2000, now in his first year with Columbus, he was 64th in Selkie Trophy voting. So 64th? <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, believe that it goes back that far. That was does that mean that one person voted for him? So basically the the Columbus Blue Jackets writer voted oh, for him for the Selkie. <laughs> I mean, how else how else do you get voted that far down for the Selkie? Um yes, he did have he had one vote uh other players with one that was a fifth place vote. One fifth place vote for the Selkie. Other players with a fifth place vote that year. Stefan Yell for the Boston Bruins as a 34 year old. Stephen oh, Weiss for the Panthers. Ian Lapierre for the Avalanche. And Michael Hanzus. Wow. So some. Uh, Those are some names. Collection of, of some beautiful names in that, that spot. Uh, oh, let's just skip ahead to your number nine. Who do you got, number nine? Yeah, number nine, the current captain of this team, and that is Nick Foligno. Okay. Second all-time yeah. in scoring. Uh, is that second all-time in scoring? No, he's third, third all-time. Third, in, sorry, yeah. third all-time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he started off his career, obviously, in Ottawa, but came over to Columbus and sort of, I don't want to say caught fire, but like the production ramped up pretty quick. You know, year after year, he got better and better, then all of a sudden had you know a slight drop-off and then back up to 51 points after a few years, but... Now the last few seasons, he's kind of lost. I, I don't want to say lost favor, but he's kind of been put into a sheltered third line penalty kill role with Torts, and you know you you can see the the production is reflected. So, but for a guy who's been there for so long and has been a, a leader inside that locker room, I I don't know how you keep him off a list like this personally. But for me, he just comes in at number nine. Uh, yeah, he had his seventy three point season, and uh, he actually I made a mistake. He is an award winner. He won the King Clancy Award and the Marc Messier Leadership Award in 2016-17. So two major awards for, uh, for Nick Foligno, basically, as his, uh, his work as a captain, I suppose. 
Yeah, I guess you know you got to go around to every franchise eventually. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody has to sneak in there. Um, okay, well he is my he's also my number nine, so that that takes care of that. Perfect. Uh, my number eight is a guy who was he he had an okay history with with the Blue Jackets, like okay years with them. Uh, kind of checkered a little bit. But ultimately brings in a player who uh, who will likely go down as as maybe the best, if not one of the best, Columbus Blue Jackets of all time. So for that, I'm going to give him a little a little bump. Uh, my number eight is Ryan Johansson. As is mine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Ryan Johansson is tenth all time in scoring in, in points, at least for this franchise. Uh, Three hundred nine games, he had one hundred ninety three points. But he does fetch Seth Jones, so he did this franchise a huge favor. Imagine Absolutely. if, imagine if Nashville still had Seth Jones. Jeez, <laughs> I mean they just they churn out defensemen. I don't know how they do it, but man, they just they find them. Yeah, um, and I I know that you know usually you wouldn't put a guy higher on a list based on the fact that he who he brought in via trade, but. We're we're doing it this time. Uh, only had seventy nine goals in three hundred nine games for this team, uh, but he he was before he went to Nashville. Uh, there was you know there, it was kind of like okay this guy's a goal scorer because he had thirty three goals and then he had twenty six goals in two thousand fourteen fifteen. So I mean he had two straight seasons of over twenty five goals, and uh, then he drops down to six and then eight. And 14, I mean, he hasn't had more than 14 goals since 2014-15. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, 2014, yeah, yeah, since 2014-15. So, uh, yeah, he's not exactly a goal scorer anymore. Not much, no, fortunately. Um, you're number seven. Yeah, number seven. Uh, this is a guy who I had a hard time putting further ahead because every list that I looked at is, there weren't too many uh, to kind of look at, but... They they had this guy a lot higher on their list, but I I personally just couldn't put him any further ahead, and that's Cam Atkinson coming in at number seven for me. Okay, all right, well yeah, you got him uh, way down. I mean, he is the second highest, not only the second highest point getter, but the second highest goal scorer. He's only two goals away from scoring two hundred. Probably would have scored two hundred this year if it hadn't have been for uh, for the coronavirus. Yeah, I I mean, don't get me wrong, his production over the last few seasons has been pretty good and. You know, since he began his full-time stint with the Blue Jackets in 13-14, he's, he's put up a minimum of, you know, 40 points outside of this shortened season here. Um, you know, I, don't get me wrong, he's he's been an excellent player for them. He's, you know, one of the few goal scorers they do have on this team, uh, scoring 35 and 41 goals in two different seasons. But uh, to be quite honest, again, it just kind of goes – to the guys in front of him on this list that I think are going to be better players, not only in the long term for this franchise, but currently I feel are better players now anyways. Um, so yeah, I just, again, I just had a hard time bumping him up a little bit further, even though he is second all time in games played and points for this franchise. And he also does hold the record for most goals in a season. Uh, he does share that with Rick Nash, Rick True. Nash's Oh three Oh four season, but, uh, and he has the fifth most goals in a season as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely he's got to be on this list. Uh, he's higher. He's slightly higher on my list. I have him at six. Okay. So um, at number seven, I have a guy who, uh, and and maybe 
maybe you have him on your list just a little bit higher based on some potential. Uh, but it's Pierre, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a guy taken third overall by the Blue Jackets. Uh, 158 points. He's obviously not super high up on the points list. He's like 18 or 19. Uh, but he's a guy. He's seventh all time in points per game. And he's a guy that I feel like will be there for a long time. And he's somebody who I expect to maybe be higher up on this list as time goes on. Uh, but Pierre Luc Dubois is definitely a uh, maybe the best center to ever play for this team. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't disagree with you there. I do have him a little bit higher, mostly because I, I feel when it's all said and done, he will be probably one of the franchise leaders all time in terms of points if you know his production stays up the way it has been. Okay, um, well, let's uh, go to, well, who do you have at number seven? Well, number seven was Cam, uh, but oh, at number six, uh, I've got a defenseman by the name of Zach Wierenski. All right, yeah, Zach Wierenski. Okay, so we've, we've got three guys switched around, because I have Wierenski, okay. Wierenski five, Atkinson six, Dubois seven. So you've okay. got Dubois, Wierenski, Atkinson. This is true, yeah. Okay. Dubois comes in at five for me, but uh, Wierenski, I, I love his game. He is, you know, one of the few goal scorers in terms of D-men out there. I mean, he's leading the league right now uh, at 20 goals in 60 games played for defenseman. Not too shabby. I, uh, you know, I don't ever know if we'll get back to those days of Mike Green where he was putting up 30 plus goals. But um, yeah, I mean, this guy's been just steady in terms of production since he's got there. I mean, it's been 40 point seasons. It uh, doesn't hurt that he gets to play a lot of time with Seth Jones, a guy who I'm hoping appears a little higher on your list. And uh, yeah, but he is, I mean, he's a rock solid defenseman. He's good at both ends and he, he does, you know, he moves the puck very well, very fluid skater. So um, I don't know how you can keep him off this list. Yeah, of course, of course he's on this list. I think Wierenski for me, he's higher than Atkinson and Dubois because I think he has a, a bigger impact on the ice. He's also played longer than Dubois. Uh, Atkinson, well, he's he's a talented player. I, I really have, I feel like he's not much more than like a a decent first line player and a really good second line type of guy. He's a top six forward, definitely. Uh, if he were on any other team, he you know I, I don't know where he would appear in the in the depth chart. But I don't think that he's a guy. He's definitely not a guy that you're looking at the Blue Jackets and you're going like, we're gonna plan our entire game plan around Cam Atkinson. Right. He's dangerous. He can score from a lot of places on the ice. But he's, uh, yeah, he's he's decent. He's he's a, he's a good top six forward. But in reality, he's on any other in a, any other franchise, and he doesn't get close to this list. Very true. I mean, outside of like the Atlanta Thrashers or something like that. Uh, but nevertheless, second all-time in points and, and uh, goals, so he's got to be on this list. Uh, but Wierenski, to me, is he's definitely more talented. He also, I, I think that in the long run, he's going to do more for this franchise. Uh, you know, Cam Atkinson now is in his, in his, into his 30s, and Wierenski's got a lot of time if he if he sits with this team and stays with this team he could you know move up into the top the top 10 top five for scoring if he's here long enough yeah absolutely all right okay into the top four i think we're gonna have the same players in our top four but let's see what order we went uh let's go with your number four 
Number four for me is Seth Jones. Okay. All right. So the best defenseman in franchise history, Seth Jones. Yeah. I When I looked at the guys in front of him, right, I, I, I look at what they meant to the franchise and how talented they were. And uh, while I think Seth Jones is definitely – going to be a, a Norris-type defenseman, and he, he might already be in that conversation already, uh, a lot of people could argue, but <clears throat> I think right now I, I need a little bit more little bit more work from him. I mean, he uh, he's just he's such a great puck mover. He's such a great just, like, if, if I had a one-on-one situation, a forward D-man coming down, and, and I had to pick a defenseman, he would probably be there in the top five of guys that I would pick every single time to be there. I mean, that's just how good I think this guy is and can be, so um, but and again, it's no slight to him being at number four. But I just honestly, talent wise and what they meant to the franchise, I just think the guys ahead of him are a little bit more important. And uh, you know, after I, I would say in a couple of years, obviously, I think Seth Jones will probably jump one or two of these guys for sure. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have Seth Jones at three, so we're, okay. we're not too far off of that. Uh, I have him at three. I think going back to the reason that you had Pierre Luc Dubois a little higher is because we know Seth Jones is going to be here. He's going to be a Blue Jacket for likely a long time. And so that that definitely plays a factor. The fact that he's still on this team is a reason to me to have him a, a pinch higher. Uh, he's also the, the all-time leading defensive point getter for this franchise. And, uh, I mean, he was fourth in, in Norris Trophy voting a few years ago. And uh, he was on the second team All-Star in 2017-18. So he's already been in a position to win a Norris Trophy. Uh, and I think that he'll, he'll likely be in that conversation most years uh, as, as we move forward here. This year he kind of had an, an injury-riddled season. So it's a little bit easier to kind of forget about him because <laughs> right. he, he didn't play as many games. As, and it took him a little bit to come back. But... Uh, but I, I do think that Seth Jones ultimately is he may there is a chance that he could he could appear very, very high on this list, maybe even number one, depending on how long he stays with the franchise. But he's my number three. I have Artemi Panarin at number four. Uh, okay. I, I have him at number three. So the reason I mean, first off, of course, points per game, he is the franchise leader. He's got over a point per game, hundred and sixty nine points in hundred and sixty games with 55 goals uh, my it's it's hard to put a guy into the top three who only played two years with this franchise granted he had two some of the best years in terms of points and in terms of like his playoff production he definitely has the like probably the best <laughs> playoff record for this team <laughs> uh, not that that's saying a whole lot but I mean he he does have what he's got 18 points in 16 games in the playoffs, seven goals. Uh, he really carried this team on his back in the playoffs. So he definitely deserves to be up here. You know, there's not too many guys that could appear in the top five for a franchise and play two years there. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I just personally, when, when I look at Seth Jones, I just, I need a couple more seasons out of him before I'm ready to put him over Panarin, just because I think Panarin talent wise is probably the most talented skater that this franchise has ever had. Hmm. And okay. again, too, there's not too many guys either. When you look at that have been with this franchise that you can just say and say, these guys are line drivers, right? 
These are guys that you could put on anybody's top line, and they're going to drive production. Well, Seth Jones. Well, <laughs> Seth Jones, yeah. you put on anybody's team, and he's going to be a top, top pairing defenseman. Yeah, won't disagree with you there. But again, I just think in terms of driving production, driving offense, I think Panera just has just that slight edge to me. And I, again, you look at the numbers. I think you know when he had the opportunity in the playoffs, he showed up every time. His numbers are great, and the only point per per game player that this franchise has ever seen. So for me, I just think talent wise, he was just. Just slightly better for me, in my opinion, than say Seth Jones. All right, I'm surprised you didn't have Sergey Fedorov on this list then. Or is that, <laughs> I thought about it actually. Is that <laughs> is that still uh, still kind of sensitive? Because he, <laughs> he left the Red Wings, right? Yeah, that was ugly, but yeah. Um, okay, well, let's go with your number two and and your number one. Just just go ahead and say them both. Okay. I mean, I, I know they're going to be the the players that I have. We'll just see what order we go. Yeah, I'd put Rick Nash at number two and Sergey Bobrovsky at number one, okay. making it three teams in a row that a goaltender is number one. Yeah, and uh, I mean, both players won awards, but Bobrovsky won two as the best player at his position. Absolutely. It's hard to ignore that. It's hard not. And and the fact that he he did it in different like one of them he won in 12-13, the other one he wins in 16-17. He did this over a long period of time. Like he was he was there's no doubt he was a top 5 goaltender for 7 8 years 7 seven ish years straight with the Blue yeah. Jackets. Uh, of course he's gone to the Panthers and hasn't had his greatest year, uh, but he is uh, he's still an incredible goaltender. And and won those awards. Like he was the best player at his position two years, which is more than any other Blue Jackets player can say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the reason that you have some playoff appearances for this team, right? He he carried this franchise on his back many years, uh, but unfortunately, during the playoffs, he wasn't necessarily the reason why they advanced. He was mediocre for most of those years, uh, although the play in front of him wasn't quite as good either but uh up until his final season in columbus where they actually beat out the lightning there he he didn't really have some good playoff stats to look at so that is true yeah but they always seem to go up against pittsburgh that's true (laughs) and then pittsburgh goes and wins cups so they do (laughs) what are you you gonna do there uh yeah i mean just uh, rick nash really he's you know for all the talk that we throw Panarin's way in terms of being the most talented, like maybe the most talented skater. Uh, Rick Nash was just such a different type of player than Panarin. Uh, And he, I mean, he came into the league at such a different time. And I mean, really he, he does a pretty good job at being able to score goals all throughout his career, despite the game changing pretty drastically over the course of that career. I mean, he comes into the league in 0203, Clutch and grab, hardcore, 0304. Of course, he wins the Richard Trophy. It, it is interesting. You win the Richard Trophy. So you score the most goals in the NHL. And despite that, he's 25th in Hart Trophy voting that year. 25th. Wow. Uh, the other guys who also, who also got Hart Trophy votes that tied with him, a 35-year-old Mark Recchi and a a 26-year-old Zdeno Chara for the Ottawa Senators. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, there is a. That's that's a. I mean, Andrew Raycroft got forty three votes that year. <laughs> wow. So that was that was the year that Martin Saint Louis won his first, uh, his first Hart Trophy, with ninety four points. But anyways, I mean, Rick Nash was such a different player than Panarin where Panarin, of course, like you look at him now and you go, wow, the guy's so crazy talented, but Rick Nash could just score from anywhere. He could he used his body so much that he was such a different type of player. And it's so hard to compare the two, uh, for the era that he played in. He was just as good, if not honestly better than Panarin because of the goals that he scored. I mean, he scored, he had two 40 goal seasons. He had five, other 30 goal seasons for this team. I mean, this is a guy who just scored goals nonstop. And then he had a 27 goal season as well. So basically a, almost a 30 goal season there. So, and he play, only played 75 games in 05, 06. He only played 54 games and put up 31 goals. Wow. I mean, this is a guy who could score the lights out. Um, something that Panarin isn't really known for more, definitely more of a, a setup man. And if you look at the way that we value goal scorers, I, I do think that Rick Nash does get the edge over Panarin. But Panarin also hasn't had the same same kind of uh, career that Rick Nash did. Of course, Panarin comes into the league much, much later in his career. So it's, it's, it's hard to compare the two. But I, I do think Rick Nash, I mean, all-time leader in games played, goals, assists, and points, and uh, is he all-time leader in penalty minutes? No, 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 no. Fourth all-time in penalty <laughs> minutes. Good old Jared Bull is number one with almost 1,200 penalty minutes. Oh, my gosh. There's a fourth-line fighter for you. <laughs> right. There you go. All right. Well, that's our top 10 Columbus Blue Jackets. Anything else you want to add before we uh, we wrap it up? No, no. I uh, just excited to put this list together i think uh you know we're winding down here we got what which two franchises left man yeah we've got two left the calgary flames and the arizona coyotes my goodness almost through all 31 teams and you know we'll have to once once the seattle i don't know kraken whatever they're going to be called comes in we'll uh you know we'll give them a year or two and then we'll we'll redo the list we'll do their list yeah, so you better keep you better keep listening. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, all right, well, Justin, in, enjoy your uh, your lockdown, and yeah, hey, we'll we'll be back here with the Calgary Flames, or maybe we should do the let's do the Arizona Coyotes first, and we'll save the Calgary Flames for last. There you go. All right, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, yeah, stay safe out there. <laughs>